Welcome to the Friendly Dissonance Podcast, episode 14, Ukraine in the Membrane. Ukraine in the Brain! My name is CJ. <laughs> My name is Abby Normal One. And, um, yeah, what, what we do here is uh, we have a podcast, so we talk about stuff. And I used to have a script for this part, but I don't know where it is anymore. So I'm just going to make it up we as We talk about now. stuff, um, and <laughs> I don't let him uh, argue with Oh, yeah, me. there's that part. Because Where we come I, together and we have a discussion, yeah, not argument. Yeah, because I won't let him. He <laughs> likes to argue. He he loves to argue, and I absolutely despise it. So basically, as soon as he starts to argue with me, I'm like, mm, can you go find one of your other friends to talk about this about? Because I don't have any other friends. Yes, you do. Okay. Uh, lies. <laughs> I do not want to argue. I do not like like confrontation. I will cry. But discussion um, is fun. Yes, we can discuss uh, as long as we're nice and calm about it, and we can like listen to each other's uh, talking points. There is still an episode that I have not worked at Please, all on. Let's put out recipes. Part <laughs> recipes two. part two. I still need to work on it. It's. Oh, I think it's fun, and it would be nice. Maybe we maybe we could do it after this one because I think maybe, this one's yeah. going to be a little heavy. Yeah, this one will be heavy ish. Um, well, I haven't because I've been playing video games, and we've been playing a lot of D&D lately. Yeah, um, so, a little announcement. <laughs> I decided that after all these years of listening to a million D&D podcasts and listening to how to be a DM and all these other... And playing D&D for over I played, a decade I played D&D for... More than a decade. Yeah. yeah. Um, that I decided that I was going to become a DM. So um, it's my little thing that I really like to do. I'm probably not the best DM in the world, but that's okay. Uh, I have found out that I am extremely different from my OG DM, which is CJ. Hello. Um, <laughs> I'm having a great time. Hopefully, uh, he is too, because we're mm -hmm. just basically doing a duets campaign. Um, in the COVID times that we are, it's a little difficult to get people together, as well as we're adults, and getting adults to agree on a time to do a thing together is a nightmare. We're, we're adults. We are over the age of, I don't know, 25, 28. Therefore, there are children involved yeah. in most people's lives. There is, you know, he still works retail. We're trying to get that changed. So weekends are usually out and most of our friends are in the UK or Australia. So, so we do have some Discord stuff <laughs> we uh, that we play issues. on Discord. Yeah. Uh, we, we play actually with your brother. And... We have played with them yeah. once successfully one successful time playing with them that they actually and enjoyed that, playing and i was so excited about that because we had a great time and i feel like well i had a great time and i feel like they had a great mm -hmm. time um even though we they played, made fun of your character the entire time and on on one hand fair on the other hand i'm like i am a druid and i will leave your butts behind <laughs> goodbye i'm going back to the forest it's really cute because they're like, because my brother was like, oh, well, you have a magic. Uh, to to be fair, he has magic as a... He's a, uh, we're playing 5th edition. 5th edition, yeah. Uh, I 
we, we I made them pre-generate. He's an eldritch knight. It's a it's an eldritch knight. He's so an eldritch knight. Fighter so stuff class. He has some magic, and then um his wife is playing a sorcerer, so she has magic. But essentially, there were three times I counted. Oh, we'll be okay because she's a druid and she can get us out of the situation. A, we're level three. We're nothing. We're nothing. Uh, a, we're, so, so there's that. B, like, oh, well, she can cast Cure. I'm not going to prepare that every time. I mean, you probably should. I probably should. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm not playing a cleric. I can do whatever I want. I'm a druid. Come at me. And three, um, to be fair, I'm playing a shapeshift. Not shapeshifter. What's it's it called? It's just a, a shifter. shifter. Yeah. It's a shifter who is a mildly animal looking. So they look weird. And the reason they're touchy is because... She was made fun of a lot as a kid, so she so moved to the So what is the, the first wind. thing that they do? Is I they did it on purpose. Yes. The, so the first thing they did... Oh, so you're a dog face? Yeah. So the first <laughs> thing I did was like I was describing my character and they're like, oh, so you look like a dog. And I'm like, yeah, a little bit like with looking like a, a beast person, but it's one of her sensitive topics. Please don't bring that up. Please don't make this part of your interactions with her. The immediate thing they do, oh, dog girl. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, don't do that. And then they're like, mm, yeah, but she's a dog girl. And I'm like, yeah, mm, uh, she'll leave you. And then they go, oh, dog girl, uh, come over here. We have a bowl for you. But here's the deal. I didn't probably make it any easier because I did lean into her being a little bit of yes. a doggy girl by going, I'll have a bowl of wine at the bar. I'll like, oh, do you want it in a glass? No, I want it in a bowl because it's easier for me to drink out of. One, one thing I will say about our sister-in-law. She is playing a mean girl. She's playing a half drow elf yep. Yep. sorceress. Who is rich and a mean girl. Who is rich and a mean girl. And she and plays her very well. she is doing a great job. I gotta say, even in the original ways, or even the original things we were trying to do, mm -hmm. I feel that she was doing an amazing job I, having never really... Having never really role-played yeah, before. She pretty, she's pretty great. She's pretty good at getting into characters. Super good. using her spells, thinking outside of the box. Oh, so good. The, the first encounter was uh, Wolves in a Forest. Mm -hmm. A very typical low-level D&D kind yeah. of trope. Probably more suitable for level one people, but it doesn't matter because you but never it, fought them. No. Because a couple of skill checks, and I, I believe she casts like minor illusion yes. to do something scary. I don't she remember can, exactly. Minor but. illusion, you can either do silent images or you can make a sound. And she, made, she made, she a, made sound. a very scary sound yep. that scared off the wolves. Yeah. Um, she did a great job. Yeah. Amazing job. Like a lot of. First time D&D players, especially if they're playing like a magic character, it's I feel, like, I guess I'm going to shoot him with the magic missile. No, I I honestly feel, because we've had this with our, our other friend group, our other friend group, mm -hmm. my friend and, and their husband, is that I find that the people who have never played, and we find it with our, our main group that has the added new player, yeah. I find the new players just do so cool stuff. They have the best ideas. Because they don't know how they're supposed to, yes. quote unquote, supposed to play. I love playing with new people. Um, you're, you're, you're better at introducing new people to it than I am, too. Like, I'm 
I'm not going to say I'm a crappy DM or anything. You're not a crappy DM. But with new players, I am a lot less comfortable because most of the people I've played with have been people who played long before I ever met True. them. True. I mean, though, I mean, you were my introduction. You and our couple other internet friends were my introduction to yeah. D&D. But, but you, you, but hey, you I had a really weird inter... I had a really yeah. weird... For, for one thing, your, I think your first character was a level 8 or something no, like that. No, it was, it was not six as... 6 or 8. It was like 6. Okay, and it was in an evil campaign. Which I didn't know it was evil. How did you watch it for that long and not know it was evil? Because was I didn't evil? really understand alignments. I didn't really oh. understand a lot of the nuts and bolts. That's and and, kind and, of and having having been a person to read a lot of fantasy, you can't always tell until basically the middle of the book. And what? then suddenly they're torturing people. We, well, you're like, guys, that, why are we torturing people? That's why I just like, really didn't because get Because we're evil. And then they would sew penises on their faces. And the other thing is, like, I also, I, I have this thing where if they're my friend, I think good things about them, too. And I'm like, well, that can't be right. <laughs> they couldn't possibly be torturing people. <laughs> and I also just didn't really understand the mechanics, and I didn't understand what was going on, and I mostly just wanted to be included. Please include <laughs> me in your weird thing. I want to be magic. Oh, wait, I, that's too complicated. Let me hit things. Um, but seriously, uh, essentially, uh, the way I'm DMing is... Probably not the best way to DM. I don't know. It, it is a very much more personal way, which one of you are with one other player is really good. Well, one of the things that I really, really want to do is if I have a group of, of, of people or even a one person, um, what I want to do is I want to incorporate their backgrounds mm -hmm. into the storyline. I also... Uh, it may be to my detriment. We'll find out. I have a lot of improvisational experience. I have a lot of acting and theater experience. And I am really good at reading people. So I come up with general ideas of what might happen. Right now, because it's early on in the campaign, I haven't come up with solid things that might happen because... My 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 uh, my PCs, which are all run by CJ, uh, don't have exactly what they want, and I am still trying to figure out what they're wanting, and we're weaving the story that way. I want it to be very collaborative, and it's my first time. And you are doing a good job. And so I, I, will, I will say this: like what you're describing is like I don't really have any set plans or anything there are a couple of different kinds of dms um and there's nothing good nor bad about being either kind and there's obviously other mishmash in the middle uh module dms versus freeform dms but even freeform dm module dms like they just follow like, the module well okay what i'm gonna kind of bend to a little bit is god emperor matt mercer in in that uh he has a set group of bad guys and good guys. 
You may or may not confront them and you may or may not touch on them, but it doesn't matter because if you do not discover them or interact with them, they are still there and working behind the scenes. Yeah. And then you have, uh, honestly, someone I would aspire to be because I can't be Matt Mercer and that's fine. And I, I actually don't care. I love Matt Mercer and mm -hmm. I'm drawing a lot on how he DMs, but... I feel that I am not comedically, but thematically closer to a Brennan or a Brennan Lee Mulligan of Dimension 20 or Brian Murphy of Not Another D&D Podcast. Mm -hmm. um, probably not as close as, uh, say, a Griffin McElroy. Uh, because Griffin definitely has a story that he's trying to tell. Mm -hmm. uh, with Brennan Lee Mulligan and uh, Brian Murphy, they are to a greater degree, uh, Brennan Lee Mulligan is definitely collaborative. He yes. molds his story based on what is going on. And yes, he writes uh, NPCs and characters and bad guys and all this other stuff. But it's all based on what his PCs do. And the only reason I was watching an adventuring academy, not adventuring party, but an adventuring academy video recently where he was talking about um, the only reason why Fantasy High season one had an element of store like a, a kidnapped teenagers mm -hmm. is because uh, Brian Murphy's character, Riz Gukgak, wanted to be a sleuth. And what's the good of a sleuth if there's no mystery? Yeah. So he involved that element of, of missing teenagers mm -hmm. because of Brian Murphy. And with Brian Murphy, he definitely involves his characters and he molds his uh, story because of it. But he's a little closer to Mercer where he has people, he has themes, he has... His machinations going yes, on in the background. in the yeah. background. So, like, I think he's a great uh, mix. But the thing with Murphy, uh, opposed to Brennan, is that he loves the technical minutiae and all of the maths and, and all of the crunchy rules mm -hmm. and i'm just like if it doesn't feel good to to honor this thing or if if i'm doing rules as written and it feels really gross and awful i'm gonna homebrew it sometimes on the fly yeah uh essentially what it is is if it doesn't feel earned if it doesn't feel natural if it doesn't feel so you're, Either, you're you're relying a lot more on your on your feelings, uh, yeah. on on how you're looking at it at the moment, as it, opposed to well, yeah, because like I want to honor that D twenty, I want to honor that really great description, I want to mm -hmm. honor that terrible idea in like oh you did a terrible <laughs> that was a terrible choice. You did not read the room, and you rolled a three. Yeah, that's gonna be pawn it. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I. So you can you can use a description to get a bonus for your dice, yeah. or you could, if your dice are good, that means that your bad idea might not have been as bad, bad as, you as you thought, thought it was, yeah. or as it really should be. But if you get a bad idea 
and a bad roll. We're going to punish the heck out of you. <laughs> like, uh, the thing that I love, I love Critical Role a lot, but I got to say there are some things about it that I find inconsistent or it feels bad, man. Like, uh, things like, I feel that natural 20s are not honored um, very much. And that's fine if that's how you want to go. You don't care for skill roles that have natural 20s. You're going to lean into the natural 20s only being for attacks. Fine, fine, fine. But then um, don't punish the nat 1s if they're for skill checks. Um, if you're rolling a nat 1 but you still... Uh, say can't roll below a 10 because you're a rogue but you roll that nat one so we're gonna punish the nat one but then don't honor the nat 20 yes oh so one of the whole points of that part of being a rogue is that you can't correct one but you still so that's one of the things that i don't love about and it's not terribly consistent and it's okay that you're not terribly consistent it's fine that you're not 100% consistent because yeah. we're humans and also the life isn't consistent yeah. and that's whatever you knowing in your dm brain this is a hard encounter this is a hard situation your 15 role that would have been great like 20 minutes ago is not great now yeah. and you know gauging that stuff is fine but if you are not going to be consistent on something lowly like skill checks because yeah. you know whatever it is if you're going to punish a nat one even though you have a plus 11 oh plus 11 and that, that you gives... have a you have a, a say it's a stealth check and, and you roll the nat one but you have a plus 11 for whatever reason and then also you have pass without trace oh but you rolled an at one. Oh, you, I got a twenty-two. Correct. But but, but, but I rolled an at one. So yeah. yeah, I understand. If if you're gonna That's hot if you're gonna garbage. punish if you're gonna punish nat ones, you should reward nat twenties on a skill check. I the, the way I usually play is like nat ones just mean you got a one. If you got a nat one and you're adding stuff to it, it's probably not gonna succeed unless like that kind of thing. Like right. I rolled a nat one. But I got a 22 out of that. I'm like, oh, cool. I'm going to roll and see if they see you. That right. perception is 18. They didn't see you. Fair yeah. enough. Even Fair with enough. Your, so that's the way I do it. Other people are going to do it differently and, because and, that's how other and people And there do. are times, like, I'm not saying, like, make it absolutely, you know, unbreakable unless it's an attack. But, like, um, you know, you don't always have to give advantage. You could do something cool for an, for, for a nat 20, uh, especially if they roll really bad for the damage. Yeah. Like you roll three ones for, that's awful. And then even if you double it, it's only six and you rolled a nat 20. Yeah. Okay, so that's really awful. Let's still try to mm -hmm. honor it and give on the next time you try to hit this person, you have advantage or a plus uh, five or, plus or whatever. something. Yeah, that... and, and and I think that is one of the differences between your DM style and my DM style. Um, is that if I'm going to do that, that's cool. Like you, we were talking about this the other day, and I'm thinking of different ways to do it. Well, if you're doing an attack and you get crit instead of rolling twice and adding it together you just take max damage yeah so you're guaranteed cool. to have a lot of good damage but it's not going to be as much as if you rolled maximum on your critical right but so like half the time it'll 
be more half the time of and I'm thinking of this and doing that math inside my head about would this be good would this be bad would this be okay yeah and and meanwhile you're thinking well I don't want to code codify it no because every situation is different is this because like for instance um I have a, a kind of a a I kind of have a 4E mindset on some of my big bats where I will have minions and I will have lair actions mm-hmm. and I will have... Oh, lair actions for the addition too, yeah. Yes, but I will have minions and I will have like these extra things 4E had in mind that will make the encounter a little bit more crunchy mm-hmm. and I will also include... You know, um, what is it called? Bleed act or bleed yeah. damage? Yeah. So, like, if you if you're fighting cleaving, that's cleaving. what it's called. Yeah. So it's it was a feat in third edition. I have no idea what it was in fourth because I never played. But, but, I, but, but the I way she was doing it was like my barbarian would uh, swing their axe. They would hit like one of the little tiny. I don't even remember what they were. Uh, the Mycanids one of them, like or... one of them, was like Mycanids, like a one quarter. Oh, oh, for the last battle we did was a gargalog. Uh, which was I can't remember it was a, uh, the, the, the bearded devil, bearded devil? okay uh, or no spike devil versus and then a bunch of little um, little, uh, imps little imps or something, something like, like that, that. Yeah. yeah and essentially uh, I was uh, I had two pools of fetid stench uh, conjuring a d uh, six roll every time until we got to a, a four. That was coming out of the pool. And then more pop out, yeah. Yeah. So, Essentially, if it was at four that were coming and not hit, then we would more, not more, roll again. More might come, yeah. And then if, but if they were hit or dying or any of the four that came out, then would conjure more, essentially. So, like... But, uh, but, but if I hit were, one and killed it, the, the leftover damage bleed. would bleed over into the next closest... Thing. As long as there was an enemy next to yes. them, then yes. it would bleed over. Yes. Um, which, which I think is really cool. Um, it... There are, especially when you're doing minions mm-hmm. who have low hit points. Yeah, it, um, like it can 10 be really or 18 hit points. It, it can be really frustrating to have like a goblin with five hit points or whatever, and you have, you're surrounded by them, and you're level four or level five, so you only have one or two attacks. Yep. And you hit one and it dies, and you hit one and it dies. It's really cool to hit one and it dies, but right. it's like. Yeah, but I just did thirty points of damage. Correct. That could have killed all of them if I had been like this swung. Essentially, essentially, how I DM is: Does it feel bad? Does it feel like I'm being punished for being good? If that is the case, then I'm gonna try to find a workaround uh, to to make it better. As mm-hmm. well as if I buy something like a healing potion and it feels bad that I rolled a two. And I only get six points of healing, and I spend fifty gold to get this mm-hmm. potion. Then I'm gonna find a different way yeah. to have that done. So, for instance, when it comes to uh, getting a potion, if you have a potion of healing, and you are using your entire action to drink that and like let it soak into your body, you get full hit points. Of that potion. Which for a regular potion of healing is 2d4 plus 2d4 two. plus 2. So that's 4, 8, 10, 10 hit points. Yeah. But let's say that I want to keep fighting and, at the yeah. same time. Instead then of you Instead of taking my action to take the potion, I do a bonus action yeah. to take a potion and still attack that turn. Yes. Then I'm rolling. I could still get that 10 hit points. 
I might Maybe. also get four. I'm right. going to get somewhere between four and ten. But So that's how it's like I when in my DMing style, if it feels bad, man, then I'm going to try to figure out how to mitigate that yeah. in the rules. Same with things like magical items that you have to attune to. I think it's dumb um, to only be able to attune to three things. So, therefore... But, but I don't because I'm looking at it from the math point mm-hmm. of view. And and here's the other thing. In, in, the, in the game I'm DMing for you, yep. you have, some, you have yes. items that I'm, a level 15 should have, not a level sure. 8. Uh, no, uh, yeah, 8. Uh, but that's sure, sure, fine. But that just means that I have to make the enemies tougher for you. But you know what I... Look, sorry. And so, so the thing is, like, it, especially coming from, like, 3rd edition, like, I originally came from D&D, it feels bad not rewarding as many magic items. Right. And so I will often over-give magic items. In the game that we played with mm-hmm. uh, your brother and his wife, like, the, the magic items you got rewarded at the end... You shouldn't have seen anything like that until another several levels. Sure. But, A, you just did something cool. Let me reward that. Right. And even if that means that the next encounter I do, I'm going to have to maybe increase the the Minotaur's hit points by an extra uh, 50 because you guys are hitting more harder now. Like, that's the kind of stuff that you got to do. Right. If you're modifying the game... From what the rules is written on, you got to keep in mind that your 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 one little push on this little domino over here yeah. is going to make this domino way over here yes. also fall down. Absolutely. So you, you got to you got to make sure that you balance it. As long as you can do that, do whatever you want. So to. so with my D and D games, and and this is my philosophy, and this is what I'm playing out with your with your campaign mm-hmm. is essentially yep is essentially um I control what you get Mm -hmm. so it's my fault if i have to rebalance things later Mm -hmm. it is i've seen many many videos like oh what do you regret giving your characters you should never regret giving your characters things because you've done it so you are the person you blame not anybody else don't blame your characters as well as um what kind of campaign are you running? I am running a campaign with CJ's character. He is uh, from a city that does not value money. So his character has never seen money. Doesn't really know what it's for. Knows that it's valuable in some places, but doesn't Cup, really get couple it. couple of the Dragonborn have talked about sure, it here or there, but I never But really doesn't care. really get it. So what I'm rewarding his character with are, for the most part, some lower-level magical items. There's a bit of, you know, hey, I'm going to give you my, you know, cloak of, you know, cloak of posing to... (laughs) I can pose, and it makes me look cool. Yeah, I'm going to give you my cloak of posing. Well, the the one thing you gave me not too long ago was Mm -hmm. uh, the Onkeg shield from the Onkegs we killed. And all, like... It's a regular shield, but I get a plus one to, to acid, acid uh, any saving throw I make against acid, acid. damage, yep. which is not terribly powerful. No. But 
it still feels like a reward and it still gives me something more than what otherwise would have been. Right. It's still a it's still a shield, so it's a plus two to AC. Mm-hmm. But um, which is a normal thing that you would expect to have at mm-hmm. level five? Are you just four a regular five? shield? Yeah, you get that at level one, right? So, but, 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 but a plus one to protection against acid—that's important because most things don't give you that. You don't. Acid yeah. resistance is one of the least resisted things. But, but at the same the, time, it, it is less... It's it, Not to downplay it, it yeah. is only a plus one. Sure. Which can mean the difference between saving and not, obviously. Yeah, of course. But it's not going to be nearly as powerful as a plus one shield. Yes. So it this is lower powered than a plus one shield. Yeah. Which adds my A1 and AC. But at the same time, it is... Do they even have plus one shields in fifth edition? They do think... have plus one shields uh, in fifth edition. Um, they are because his AC is really hard. Correct. R- really so, tough but, in but, fifth edition. But the thing is, like what I have done with most of my magical items is I have made them basically a third, a three point five level magic mm-hmm. piece. But dumbed down. Yeah. So what I've done is there is a thing called Ring of Spell Storing. But you can only store up to a second level spell one time per day. Mm-hmm. It essentially gives you another second level spell slot. Um, we have... Which um, is powerful, but it's not as powerful as, say, a Pearl of Power. Correct. I have given... Um, because it's really only CJ playing three characters at a time. And I want to give the cleric the ability... To not just be a healer, because yeah. that feels bad, man. Like that's my philosophy when it comes to being a DM. Does it feel bad, man? Then I don't want to do it. So like it gives the cleric uh, the ability to not only prepare healing spells. So I gave them a Melora's kindness amulet that lets you spend up to two hit or up to two hit dice. Per day, you just gaze upon it. It's got a 30 mm-hmm. foot radius. You gaze upon it once a day, and you can do up to two hit points it, it's basically plus like, charisma. It's basically like doing a short rest limited to two hit dice. Yep. You don't get your spell slots day. back. Yeah, like nothing else from a short rest yeah. happens except the hit points. But it, it's like just a little, and again, it's not as good as a regular uh, common magical item. Right. So, but it's better than, you know, nothing. Right, which, which is uh, you. You are, by the way, really good at coming up with these. Uh, how many of them have you taken from other stuff? Not very many. Like you are, the you are Malora's, really good at coming up with these. The Melora's uh-huh. blessing is actually from not another D and D podcast, but that was much more powerful than what I've given okay. you. And, and yeah, you, you take these powerful stuff and you make it less powerful. That way, it's not game breaking at level right. five or whatever. Right, and it's it's one of the things that I've really enjoyed doing. And the one thing that I think that I'm not very good at is that I mostly improvise every... I come up with some of the things that are going to happen in the different areas that I think you're going to go. And for the most part, you go to the areas I think you're going to go. I get the nudges. And I understand the need for nudges. They're infrequent that Mm -hmm. you go to somewhere that I don't think you're going to go. But, so I come up with... A overarching thing that's going to happen, like um, 
uh, like with with the, the, with the island, the island yeah. that I figured you, you had were this gonna... overarching idea, but you didn't exactly know how it was going to be implemented um, until you were doing it at the right. time. That I, is called being a DM. That's yeah, what every single yes. DM does. So that's what I do. That's what I was saying but, earlier with like modules. There are people who just read the modules, right? And then on the other end is the people who are doing exactly what you're describing. So, but but I also come up with a couple. Like, am I going to have a riddle? Am I going to have a puzzle? Am I going to have a maze? What am I going to do? Especially with riddles, I have to think them of ahead of time. If there's a maze, I like to have those kind of things planned out ahead of time. Do you like my maze? You, your, your Zelda maze? It's from Zelda. It was literally, I took it from Zelda. I went down a path and I came back to the same place I was oh, before. Oh, it ticked him off so much. It was great. Anyways, I'm having a great time being a DM. If anybody wants a female DM who really loves role play and will let you sit in a pub and sing songs and play your mbira and, you know, whatever you want. That was me, though. I know. I'm saying that's what I want. Um, if you want a female DM that really wants role play, hit me up. And and if you are a DM out there and you're struggling to find a group but you have one person that you know will be constant, play a game with just that one person. Yes. He's talking about playing her and Beera in the pub. We played a D&D game the other it day. Was it was two about hours. two or three hours long. We she got to the city. She went to the pub. She was in the pub. I had a great and for time. two or three hours, we were in the pub. We just chatted because, and played in beer. Yeah, we're 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 not we're not uh, uh, we're not critical role. We're not dimension twenty. We're not playing for an audience. We're playing for each other. If that's but what you know, we're having fun with, we're gonna stay in the pub until what? we're done. Do you know what? It doesn't matter because all of those people do lean into those things because it's fun for the players, and if it's fun for the players, it's fun for the people watching. Yeah. Yeah. All right, with that, we should probably get into Ukraine. All right, so Ukraine. And just so everybody's aware, we stopped recording, and then the next day or the day after are picking it back up again. So this topic isn't quite as fresh on our minds as it was before, but I made notes, so hopefully I could still follow Also, them. there are updates, too. Are there now? Yeah. Oh, few. might have to get into that here in a little bit then, because yeah. I don't know the updates. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, did you see it on Philip DeFranco, or, or was it somewhere else that you saw it? The oh, updates. Uh, yeah, Philip DeFranco. Like in the last day? Mm-hmm. Okay, so the, the funny thing is, is that the reason that we started talking about Ukraine the other day, and then we're like, uh, Abby asked me, hey, what's going on with Ukraine? And I'm like, well... Where what you, isn't? <laughs> where would you like me to start? Yeah. Uh, to which I think my uh, uh, what's what's it called? One of you are being a jerk. Kind of. CJ-ness? My CJ reply was <laughs> well, to start back to the earliest that we would need to to completely understand everything about Ukraine. Uh, a long, long time ago, the like, ethnic Ukrainians asked like, some Vikings to rule them. And I'm like, yeah, well, we don't need to do that. <laughs> I just thought that it was done <laughs> because I didn't hear about it. And like, I, so let's just talk about a little bit what's so, going on in Ukraine. So there is going to be a little bit of in the waybacks, but a lot of it is also going to be more recent stuff. There's going so, to be a little bit of jumping around. But why, CJ? But why, why are why we talking, are we talking about, about Ukraine? Yes. Well, because uh, World War III, which would be a very brief world war indeed, might start over Ukraine. So it's probably a good idea to 
think about it, even if you can't do anything about it. That way you could all live in paranoia as we begin to build our bunkers. We should really build a bunker. In our apartment? I guess we do have that one tunnel. That yeah, we can that's just, just, just the only... It's, everybody in the entire apartment complex is going to sit in the tunnel. <laughs> we have a tunnel between... Uh, our two, uh, we live in an apartment complex that has two buildings, and there's a tunnel underneath the driveway, drive, basically. Yeah. yeah, the parking lot connecting the two. Yeah, which is not really all that unusual in Minnesota. If you no. go to uh, downtown uh, St. Paul, they have down, skyways. Hey, Minneapolis, they have skyways. Pretty sure they have underground ways. I know at the University of Minnesota, they have what's called the, the Gopher Way. Which is kind of a play on the fact that it's all underground. Oh, we had those at, at my university well. As well your so. university was even more sub-zero than my university yes, was. Yes, so. it was, it was. But anyway, so uh, with Ukraine to understand current Ukraine tensions, very briefly, we're going to have to go back before the Constitution of the United States was written. And then, so we're going to make back way back sounds. <laughs> <laughs> um, Crimea is a peninsula. Uh, it's due south of Ukraine, connected by a small isthmus. To call it, it's basically looking at it, it's an island connected with a little bitty blop of land to Ukraine. That's what you call an isthmus. Yes, the isthmus. Mm-hmm. But it's not an island. No. It's a peninsula, technically, mm-hmm. but it looks more like an island connected. And, you know, you're looking on the map, it's a pretty big island, so that tiny, itty bitty isthmus is a little bit bigger than you might think it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's also connected to Russia via a road on the eastern part of you of uh, Crimea. So it's North Crimea's northern border is Ukraine. Crimea's eastern border um, is Russia, separated mostly by water. So yeah, the uh, the Russians uh, beat the Ottomans in the late 1700s, and part of the deal was that they took over uh, Crimea from the Ottomans. Uh, the Ottomans inherited it from the Byzantines. It's it's a very ancient, very it it, it, based, it has been with Russia longer than Ohio has been with the United States. And yet, if uh, someone were to try to take Ohio away from the United States, okay, okay, there'd so, be a little bit of a. So then, problem. why doesn't it have? Why doesn't Russia have it? Well, I mean, it annexed it. I mean, it has it now, but recently. why didn't it have it two years ago? Yeah, because um, Stalin died. And uh, whenever Stalin died, uh, there wasn't really Russia. There was the Russia SSR, uh, Russian Soviet Socialist Republic. Uh, But Russia basically controlled the entire USSR, which included a lot of different former countries. They were quote-unquote independent countries. But at the same time, every... Every okay. single country was controlled. Yeah, by I get that Moscow. part. I I'm have talking a, to them too. I have a big old, I have a big old picture book of USSR times. Yeah. So after Stalin died, uh, uh, Khrushchev, um, who might or might not have been completely drunk when he did this, well, considering that until recently Russia did not consider beer to be an alcoholic substance. Probably. And since uh, Russia drinks more vodka per capita than three, three times the rest of the world, yeah. probably. Yeah, Russians, stereotypically, Russians like to drink. It's cold. Um, There's nothing else to yeah. do. Uh, so Khrushchev, uh, to become the uh, Soviet premier, I, I don't remember if he cut a deal with Ukraine or Ukraine... To, to have Ukraine support him, or if Ukraine supported him, so he rewarded them. Either way, 
uh, Khrushchev gave Crimea to Ukraine. At the time, all it did was make Ukraine look cool because who's actually in control of it? It's still going to be the premier. Um, so yeah, it, like transferring that title didn't really matter to the Soviet Union, which was, for all intents and purposes, Russia. Um, it didn't until 1991 on Christmas Day. Because on Christmas of 1991, Santa Claus delivered freedom to the Soviet Union. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> no, um, yeah, Christmas of 1991, that's whenever the Soviet Empire, the Soviet Union, officially stopped existing. So, after the breakup of the Soviet Union, there was this little bit of a tiff between Ukraine and Russia about Crimea. Um, in the end, it's like, okay, Ukraine gets to keep Crimea, but we, the Russians, we need a freshwater port, or not a freshwater, a year-long port. Forget what it's called. But it, they needed a port where their ships can be and leave out of year-round. If they don't have that port, they don't have a uh, port over in, in Europe to be able to have year-round for ships. Every other port they have freezes over. So they needed the port. But it was technically part of Ukraine because of a drunken Russian. So what do you do? They signed a really long-term really lease. Mean. I feel bad about Khrushchev about calling people drunken idiots when we don't know. I, I feel oh no, bad no, no, about we a know. Dude who's dead. We know he was a drunken idiot. <laughs> okay. I mean, he might not have been an idiot, but he was definitely drunk. Okay, but I still feel bad. Still I don't know bad. why I feel bad. I mean, I maybe he wasn't an alcoholic. He just really liked to drink. Sure, but it still feels bad, man. I don't like it. <laughs> so. Uh, also, Stalin was kind of a jerk. Is well, I knew that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I mean, you can tell. There's there's photo evidence of, of that. Of Stalin being a jerk? Mm -hmm. Like the photos of where all of his friends are disappearing <laughs> yes. around of him? Yeah. Uh, so, after 1991, uh, Ukraine and Russia had a deal where Russia would have uh, Sevastopol, which is the main city of Crimea there. They would have their navy base there. Uh, Ukraine would also have their navy base there. Now, the entire population of Crimea, almost completely, is Russian. Uh, ethnically Russian. Uh, there used to be the Tatars. Tatars, Tartars, ta those people. Uh, but the Russians killed and drove most of them out. Don't feel too bad this was 200 years ago you could still feel bad but it's not like something that bad. happened it's not something putin did I, I mean he might have but i don't know putin's done a lot of weird stuff yeah so. uh so it's mostly ethnically russian um even under ukraine uh, crimea still had uh, this kind of a bit of independence um but for a long time that, that was the status quo was that Crimea isn't really, isn't Russian, it's it's Ukrainian, but Russia's really running a lot of the show there. And that was fine for most people for a very long time. Now, we're going to go to other countries a little bit, um, to the, uh, the color revolutions, or the color-coded revolutions. Uh, after the fall of the Soviet Empire... Not every former Soviet Republic was exceptionally Western democratic. That might shock you, but they weren't exactly pinnacles of democracy and freedom and devoid of any kind of cronyism or corruption. Well, there's cronyism and corruption in democracies. Yeah. You, so, so if we're looking at these democracies and going, holy crap, these are corrupt, they were pretty corrupt. 
basically what we're <laughs> saying what you're saying is uh this was corrupt but really everything's corrupt because that's just how things go i mean yeah but they're they were pretty corrupt so i'm going to say that they were pretty corrupt and a lot of other people in the united states were like you know what these people are really corrupt we should help them find freedom and some other people in the united states were like i don't really care about them finding freedom but it would be really nice if we had somebody friendly to the united states in that in power over there sure and then did did they install a government like the united states is wont to do uh, a couple times they did a couple times they didn't um but yeah like after that fall of the soviet union uh one other thing that happened was that president bush uh, bush the elder promised that he was not going to push nato beyond germany germany was going to be the easternmost nato member and russia was like that sounds good uh, we're, we're not enemies anymore, but, you know, there's still some tensions and stuff. So you guys keep over there. We'll hang out over here. So what, did they, do they have like a NATO equivalent, equivalent over there? Not anymore. Back in, the, back in the Soviet days, it would have been called the Warsaw Pact. So eventually, countries to the east of Germany did start to become part of NATO. For example, the Baltic states. And Russia would throw up objections, but... In general, if you're looking at, oh. like, the Baltic states, Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania... Yeah, I kind of remember that. I was pretty young. Mm -hmm. And I remember people were mad about it, but I'm like, I don't know. They're just on the Baltic yeah. Sea. Why are people upset? And then some of the former <laughs> former Yugoslav countries... Uh, yeah. I, I think recently Montenegro has joined NATO, which mm -hmm. makes no sense from a purely strategic point of view with NATO. Um it does make sense from a, a we should annoy Russia kind of thing. Yeah. And that is what a lot of people are playing at. Like, you could definitely argue a NATO reason for the Baltic states. But Montenegro, the reason for Montenegro is to annoy Russia. There would be one country, though, one country that would be really, really annoying to, to Russia. So annoying that they would go to war over it. And that would be Ukraine. Did Ukraine join NATO? Ukraine, Ukraine has been talking about joining NATO. Mm. Uh, other country, or especially the United States, has been talking about asking Ukraine to join, and that would be that is a red line for Vladimir Putin. He why it's not his country for the same reason that there was a Cuban Missile Crisis. Yeah, but we're not in the sixties anymore. No, we aren't. <laughs> so, do you think if? Russia started putting nuclear missiles in Cuba that uh, the United States would be fine with this? Yeah, we would be oh, fine and dandy? Yes, perfect. No, we wouldn't. <laughs> Why? We would actually invade Cuba. And, and mean it this time. Unlike that last time, we kind of, sort of, maybe kind of, sort of did. So yeah, Putin doesn't want Ukraine and NATO. And he has gone on pretty much on, I don't remember if it was on record. I think it was from an interview saying that, like, he, he told, like, uh, a European Union person, an ambassador or something, like, uh, Ukraine will not be part of NATO if Ukraine decides to join NATO. Uh, it, we, we will be in the capital. We will be in Kiev in two weeks. So, probably should yeah, Okay, be so here's the thing. Mm -hmm. This is what I don't really understand other than macho stupid old KGB guys being macho and stupid. Mm -hmm. 
and posturing, and I hate it. Uh, but, like, joining NATO doesn't mean that you're... What does it mean? It just It's just hurting your ego, right? Is that it? it no, is? not oh. really. Joining NATO means that you are now, a, in a lot of people's eyes, and uh, not inaccurately, joining NATO means that you are a U.S. puppet. Oh. Joining NATO means that if you are attacked, every NATO ally is supposed to join you in, de- in defense. It also means that the United States would put a bunch of missiles and stuff True, in Ukraine. But I'm just seeing this like... A normal person? Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just seeing it like, okay, so you're posturing mm-hmm. because you don't want your former territory to become part of NATO. Mm-hmm. And they're wanting to do this because screw you. Um, and so you're saying you're going to invade. Mm-hmm. But if they become part of NATO, they'll probably try to invade anyway. So what are you doing? Trying to keep Ukraine out of NATO. That is what Russia is trying to do. Right. No, I'm saying, so if they invade before they become part of NATO, people are still going to come to their aid. If they invade after becoming part of NATO, they're still going to come to their aid. So what are you doing? (laughs) Trying to keep them from getting it. No, you don't understand what I'm getting at. Is, is what's the point of invading? Yes. <laughs> if you invade the territory and you hold the territory, now the United States can't put nukes two minutes away from Moscow. Right. But what I'm saying is doing this will evoke an act of war from the people who are talking to them about it. Mm-hmm. And coming afterwards will evoke an act of war by the the people who are in NATO. That's what I'm saying. So, it's a so, lose-lose so it's situation. it's a lose-lose situation? Yes. Yeah. So might as well go for the gambit and hope that you win. If NATO, if so you, stupid. If Ukraine <laughs> becomes part of NATO, here, here, here it is from Russia's point of view. If Ukraine becomes part of NATO, there are going to be nukes in Ukraine, and now no, the, Russia can do nothing. Russia but has, there are nukes already close to Russia. There are in Poland. They are really ticked off about that. Or there, there aren't nukes there. There are uh, launchers that are capable of, yeah. of launching nukes. Sure. And Russia is not happy about that. Well, no. Then now they have like a ten-minute window or a five-minute window yeah. from whenever nukes will be launched to when they have a chance to react. The whole, the whole thing with nukes being even a thing is a pointless argument. You are correct. Everybody <laughs> should destroy all of their nuclear yes. weapons. That's not going to I happen. I know it's not. But I'm just saying this whole thing about, okay, this is just my philosophy just because I play a lot of video games. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> but basically like you are damned if you do and you're damned if you don't and I yeah. get that. But all it's going to do is provoke more ire and war you're right so why is the united states doing this oh i agree (laughs) i'm just saying everything is horrible everything is so stupid anyways i'm sorry to distract you not a problem that's what we're doing this for so so first in ukraine 2004 uh the united states helped lead a coup against the ukrainian president uh president prime minister i don't remember which one uh we're yanukovych Oh, 2004 was before I was paying attention to the yeah. news. I, I was somewhere in the Navy not paying attention to the news. Uh, but it really didn't matter that much either. 
to me. But Yanukovych was ousted from uh, Ukraine. Uh, another president was put up in his spot. I don't remember who. Oh, uh, Yukashenko. Nope, not Yukashenko, just Yushchenko. Because Yukashenko, I think, is somebody else. Um, so 2004, Yanukovych kicked out of office. 2010, he, uh, he, he won the presidency or whatever again. So the people of Ukraine actually liked him enough that after he was kicked out of office, they voted him back did in. He, did he win like that one guy from Belarus won? I, I don't think so. Because that guy just won because he said, I win. Yeah. <laughs> well, that that's something that happens a lot in former Soviet republics. Yeah, I know. And the U.S. really doesn't help that much. No. Well, I mean, there is a specific leader in this country who tried to pull that and nearly... Yeah, he just wishes he was nearly as smooth as all the Eastern European... I know! It's so funny and it's so cute. It's... He's like, I want to be like you when I grow up, Daddy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's like, uh, say whatever you will about Trump. He is not nearly as uh, calculating as No, he is Putin, too dumb. As Yanukovych, as the Belarusian guy, as Assad. They any are of these people are a lot better good. at this game than he is. Well, because Trump... Trump is... A sort of person who has been able to get by on all charisma, no brain, to get back to a D&D reference. All <laughs> charisma, no intelligence, or low intelligence. And these other folks... And there are some people who will hate you for saying he has a high charisma score. He does, though. But he does, yeah. He does. Um, you, you can't he, be in real estate for that long and not. No, it's not. It's it's a different kind of charisma. There's yeah. the there's the charming doofus kind of charisma that people like you because you're a bumbling idiot. And then there is that's a the, high that's a high charisma low wisdom. That and then you've got this one, uh, Trump, who is he is an absolute buffoon, and people like him because he cannot shut up. I would say he probably has either an average or above average intelligence. And I money. don't think he has a high... He has a low wisdom score, though. Oh, yeah. But he, he has money, too. Yeah. Uh, so that helps. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah. So these folks, especially people like Putin and, and um, the Belarusian president... Uh, president? Uh, sure. I don't remember Leader? his name or his position. I just know that... He's yeah, awful? Yeah, he sounds Eastern European. He's awful. Um, they have this calculated yeah they 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 would force they they are machiavellian they are strategic and tactical Very. thinking and good I, at what they do yeah, they, yeah. like Very you might good. not like what they do but they are Very good at it. Very good at it. Yeah. Anyways. So anyways, um 2010 Yanukovych won. Uh he's the leader of Ukraine again. Yanukovych was trying to thread the needle of being pro-Western and pro-Russian. And he's probably about the best person for the job. See, the thing is, if you, as we know, if you try to be pro-Western and pro-Russian, you get killed. Yeah, or not kicked out of power. <laughs> or kicked out of power, but or you get killed, because um, that's kind of how they became the USSR. <laughs> because uh, they killed the Tsar, so... <laughs> Bye. <laughs> So America and the West in general was pressuring him to be more friendly to the West, open up trade relations, things like that. Um, he was going to sign this big trade deal with the West, but then uh, the European Union and, and the United States, so just in general the West. Uh, in the last moment, uh, while he like went to sign, they're like, oh yeah, by the way, here's some more conditions. Um, he can't have a nice cozy trade deal with Russia like he wanted to have. 
and he needed to have these austerity measures, which he didn't want to do, and he needed to take some uh, IMF loans, some international monetary fund loans. So he's faced with these brand new things. So he's like, no, this went from a good trade deal to a bad trade deal. Hate it. And possibly one of the reasons that this happened was because the United States and other Western powers didn't like how cozy he was to Russia. So it's like you can either be friends with us or friends with him. You can't oh, be friends I with Oh, I hate both. this whole thing. It's so stupid. Oh, try being friends with Iran. I don't know how. <laughs> So after he said no to this trade deal, there, were, there was a, a coalition of different groups of people that decided to have protests. Pro-Western and or anti-Russian and or far-right protesters uh, started protesting in Ukraine. There were a couple of different thing groups of people, uh, right sector and the social nationalists, which might sound vaguely familiar. They also go by the name uh, Svodo, Svoboda, which I'm probably mispronouncing. There's probably like a, a ghost letter in there somewhere because it's not, it's, it's an Eastern thing. Anyway, right sector and Svoboda are literal Nazis. I don't mean this in the way that Trump is a Nazi or that Ted Cruz is a Nazi and a Zodiac killer or anybody to the right of and possibly including Mitt Romney is a Nazi or how all these people who invaded the capital were Nazis. Some of them probably were, but definitely not all of them were. Some of them were grandma. No, these are actual literal Nazis whose forefathers were Nazis and they like Hitler and they like Sieg Hilling and they don't like the Jew. These are these are legit Nazis. And these are the ones who protested what which? What did they protest? These protested against Yanukovych because Yanukovych... Because he was too Western. Because, because he uh, was too Russian. Oh. These people... Wait a second. These, these Nazis don't like Russia, much like the Nazis of old. Hmm. But Russia... New Russia. Is this mm-hmm. New Russia? New Russia is pretty conservative, though. Yeah. Conservative doesn't I equal Nazi. It, but, but, but authoritarian does. Yeah. And if you get two authoritarians in a room, what are oh. they going to try to do to each other? Bang. A, they're tr- they're going to try to bang each other. And, yeah, that's, with guns. that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and as authoritarian as Russia is, I would rather live in Putin's Russia than Hitler's Belarus. Germany or Belarus. Belarus or current Ukraine and Kiev. Yeah. Especially if, if I were Russian, I would really not want to be in Kiev. What's happening in Kiev? That's the capital of Ukraine. I know, it's the capital of Ukraine. Well, there's some Nazis there. Oh, I didn't know they were still there. Oh, yeah, some of them are part of government. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, so, and, and we, we funded these guys by, we, I mean, yeah, our yeah, tax yeah, dollars. Yeah, 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 great. Yeah, there, there was a bill in Congress to, like, like a resolution in Congress saying, we will not fund Nazis. Mm-hmm. And then, like, not that long afterwards, it was like 2014, 2015, not long after that, they had a resolution to uh, scratch that last resolution from the record. So now we can fund Nazis again. And we have to have that in there so that we can fund uh, these different, uh, some of these different groups in Ukraine. Now, the, uh, the, the revolution was the, uh, the maiden. I've heard it pronounced maiden and Maidan. It's M-A-I-D-A-N. Uh, like Maidan is basically like the red square of uh, Kiev or it'd be like the uh, the National Mall 
of Washington, D.C., or the Bastille of Paris. That's probably not the right one. No, the Bastille was the prison. Was it the, the Arc de Triomphe? <laughs> I went there even, and it was still just in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. I don't I don't think we visited the capital location in Paris. We just went to all the cool Versailles? stuff. Versailles? Is that the... Versailles is a different country, or city, isn't it? It's part. It's, it's in. It's in. It's the Versailles of building. Yeah. In in Paris. Yeah. I thought it was like a it's little. From king Louis the Fourteenth. Yeah, I thought he built. He was the sun king. He made everything. Covered I thought in gold. he built his palace in a town called Versailles, which was away from Paris. Um, we can we can get rid of this part, but I'm pretty sure. I it's, I guess it's not fully fully Paris. Yeah. As we, much as yeah, it's we like, just looked it up, and I'd be like, but I was right. Yeah, you were right. You were right. I know I'm right. It, it would be like um, if if they. <laughs> They built the new. They, they built the new presidential house. We'll call it the the gray house. Sure. In Arlington, Virginia. Or 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 Crystal City. Or, yeah. Yeah. Or one of those other small places. Anyway, uh, so the Maidan Revolution, uh, which happened in twenty fourteen ish, overthrew Yanukovych again. The U.S. helped. Uh, the new Ukrainian government has been. Bad to the ethnic Russians. One of the first things they did was they got rid of Russian as one of the national languages. This would be like telling the Quebecois that France is, or French is no longer part of their language. That's okay because it's Quebecois anyway, so. Well, now, now you sound like a hoity-toity <laughs> French person. Um, the thing that I do want to ask, because mm-hmm. there are more than just ethnic Ukrainians mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Um, and Because I, I know there are other ethnic groups there. Yeah. Okay, sure. They mistreat the Russians, and that's really poor and, mm-hmm. and bad. But how are they also toward other ethnic groups in that area? Like, because there are other, you know, ethnic groups that were sucked into the USSR that yeah. weren't considered necessarily part of the country, but were... Or the Tatars from yeah. way back Yeah, so when. How, how, how are those you know, groups that, that I honestly don't know. I imagine... In some cases, they're fine with it because the, the, the minorities would be fine because they hate Russians too. What and about, like, also the religious groups and stuff? There would all be Orthodox. No, not necessarily all Orthodox. Surely no. I mean, off the top of my head, I don't know. But it's it's pretty... Why don't you have all the answers to questions that I have? Gee, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll go back to college and take Ukraine for a semester. I would like to minor in Ukraine, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, with all that, uh, one thing that did happen was that there were neo-Nazi militias, Cute. which is a really great phrase. You should great. say it to yourself. Say it. No, I don't want to. Okay. <laughs> so the neo-Nazi militias were directed by members of the right sector and or Svoboda, uh, and they went into the Donbass region of Ukraine, which is the eastern, southeastern region bordering if you look at ukraine and you think I keep of a big looking up at your maps on the wall right. like, which so so imagine my map of paris here is ukraine um oh the donbass would be this area over here <laughs> on the far eastern sure. part of it so yeah it's right next to russia there are a lot of russians who live there and these russians live there partially because uh soviet union uh you had to kill a bunch of kulaks and import some more people to work the farms. What are kulaks? Uh, those were the peasant farmers of Ukraine. Uh, so probably like a step above a peasant, uh, but they didn't like them very much because they were their property owners. Hmm. So the Soviet Union kind of 
you know, Stalin to them. Mm. I mean, don't ask a Soviet uh, sympathizer uh, to describe it to you because they'll talk about how evil the Kulaks were because they weren't giving to the community while the Kulaks were not doing very great. It's it's like, anyway. So the, uh, the neo-Nazi militias... Uh, directed by some members of the Ukrainian government or other various heads of political parties, uh, went to the Donbass to kill a bunch of uh, ethnic Russian people. Uh, Russia didn't like that very much, so they sent some special forces, probably sent some special forces over to help kill the neo-Nazi militias. Uh, the people of the Donbass... What are you I'm reading? reading about Svoboda. Yeah. Well, I was also looking to see if there's a pronunciation, but there isn't. So the Donbass region uh, seceded, basically, or is attempting to secede from Ukraine. They're still at war, um, more or less. And they asked Russia, hey, Russia, can we join you? And uh, the Russia said no. Uh, there's plenty of reasons for Russia to say no, but Russia said no. Uh, before the Donbass stuff actually happened, there was what happened at Crimea. Svoboda. Svoboda. Okay. I looked it up. <laughs> uh, Crimea did not want to be part of this new anti-Russian Ukraine thing because Crimea is composed of, of mostly Russian people. Russia did not want to lose their port. Uh, Russia, without killing anybody took over Crimea. They just sent soldiers around. Uh, there was a couple of shots this. fired in the I air. This. And uh, the Russians like telling the Ukrainians, hey, we don't want to kill anybody. Y'all don't want to die. Nobody has to die. Let's just go that way. And the Ukrainians are like, okay, bye. Which, to be fair, is probably the smartest thing you can do because the Russians would win. Uh, the Russians would have kicked the crap out of the Ukrainians. The Russians had a very large force there because that's their primary naval base in Sevastopol. So, uh, the Crimeans, after being soft-conquered by the Russians, much to the Crimeans' joy, they had a, uh, a vote to see if they would join the Russian Federation. And they overwhelmingly voted to do it in what has been described as a very clean and very fair election by outside uh, election uh, looker-atters, or observers. And this makes sense because... The current Ukraine government doesn't like Russians. These are mostly Russians who live here. So they would probably rather be part of Russia than this other group of people that hate them. So yeah, Russia has Ukraine again. Re excuse me, Russia has Crimea again. Which a lot of people don't like. And Russia doesn't care what they think because Russia has Crimea. And that's its main important thing. So what's going to happen with Crimea is that it is likely going to remain Russian even if like none of the official maps are going to color it the Russian color and keep it color the Ukraine color, Russia doesn't care about that. They're not like China with Taiwan. Russia's like, yeah, sure, you can call it whatever you want to. That's ours, though. Um, Putin did say, I said earlier that Putin said no to the Donbass region thing. That's because of a couple reasons. First of all, he doesn't want to provoke the West too much. Taking Crimea wasn't enough. There's no strategic... Especially with how still how recent it yeah. was. Yeah, like Crimea is a very vital strategic and tactical part of the Russian Federation. 
The Donbass region would add nothing strategically of value. In fact, it would be a bigger burden to defend that border than with their current borders. Um, also, you're taking on a, a really aging infrastructure and a large aging population. So taking over the Donbass would be nothing but a headache for Russia. So Putin's like, no, we're not going to do that. So all of this stuff that is happening with neo-Nazis in the government of Ukraine, Crimea going to Russia, yeah, Donbass seceding with a civil war. I was just looking up Svoboda mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And whoa, <laughs> whoa, guys, I, they, they are, are we sure are we want to help? Are we yeah. sure we want them? Are we sure? Are we sure, guys? Because um, do we really want to prop up this government? This this ex- it's It was touted as ultra-nationalistic, neo-Nazi, yeah. skinhead, like, oh, God, guys, we already have a problem in, in our own country. I, we were giving them weapons. <laughs> I know, but we gotta stop doing that, like, under the table and stuff. It, it's, it's like whenever, if you look back with Iran, another country that the United States has always had wonderful relations with, you look back at, at Iran, Iran had... What? A, I'm kidding. <laughs> okay. it, it, that was sarcasm. Okay. <laughs> Iran had, I wasn't looking at your face. So. Iran had a fairly secular government, a fairly Western democracy. And then they did something that specifically uh, the United Kingdom didn't like. The United Was it Iran or Iraq? No, now my brain isn't working correctly. Iran was very Western. Yeah, Iran was a very Western, Westernized yeah. one. Yeah, like you had, you had women because walking around in short shorts. Because that was where came from. Yeah, well, that was before the idea told of it, yeah. I know, yeah. we helped. Yeah, well, yeah, we... <laughs> uh, but there was the, the democratic, more or less democratic presence in Iran, and then um, the president decided to nationalize the oil fields, mm-hmm. which hurt BP, British Petroleum, mm-hmm. because British Petroleum had a, like, million-year contract or something with Iran. That is such a British contract. Holy bucket. Left over from, like just well, like Hong Kong was left over yes. from colonialism. Uh, so so they had this huge contract with BP saying that the only people allowed to take the oil was BP. So mm-hmm. Iran got basically nothing from their own oil. Say what you will about nationalizing or socializing industries. You know, whenever it's a foreign interest that has an unfair contract over your head. I think nationalizing is probably the better of two evils. <laughs> Nestle <laughs> yeah. in, in Africa. <laughs> Nestle yeah. in our own country, too. Yeah, they should kick Nestle out of oh California. Oh, my gosh. They should be like, Nestle, you should go to a place that's not a semi-arid desert to get your water. Okay, we'll go to Africa and... and, and no, morons, that's the wrong direction. Oh, well, I can tell people that they are they have to feed their child. Breast, breast milk is bad for you. Formula is good. And you, the only water you should drink is out of a plastic bottle. That yeah. we're going to take from an oasis. It's well, the only place well, here, to get here's, water. Here's the difference between BP God, and uh, here's the difference between BP and Nestle. Um, especially the further back you go, the more BP was like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, BP wasn't just British Petroleum because mm-hmm. they were a company in Britain. Mm-hmm. They weren't just British Petroleum because the British government liked them. Or mm-hmm. the British. They were British Petroleum because they were almost, in a lot of cases... An arm of the British government. The, the Dutch, uh, the Dutch uh, trading, Dutch trading. How they were basically uh, the Dutch India Trading Company. Well, well, there's the British East India Trading Company. Yeah, the Dutch East the, India. Yeah, trading that's company. what I'm talking about. Yeah, the Dutch East India uh, yeah. Trading Company, and that's essentially how they strong arm Japan to be like, hey guys, hey, hey, 
Yeah. Let us in. We don't let people in. You let us in. I'm smacking CJ in the arm. Because I'm And then the Japanese is like, okay, okay, Dutch people, we'll let you in one port one day a year. All of them? One port. All of them? One All port. Of them? Well, the Dutch Here's can only a... go into one port. I know, but then they later open it up. Yeah, because we shot at them. <laughs> And by so we, bad. now I mean the United States. I know. I don't remember who the guy's name yeah, was. Yeah, because uh, we, because basically, like, after, he's, oh, United States, hey, oh, hey, hello. Hey, 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 Japan, would you let us in there? You're and letting, Japan's like, you know, but you're letting the Dutch in. And you're letting the British in. Yeah, but that's, that's enough. We have too many people. Oh, yeah? Us now. Boom. <laughs> How about us now? Okay, sorry. Jeez. Mm-hmm. We have a really bad habit of shooting stuff at Japan. Anyone, really. I mean, Japan doesn't have a stellar record at, say, other Asian countries. Uh, Japan really likes to invade. Yeah. But not, not in the last fair, 50 years for some reason. So <laughs> do other, yeah. So do other Asian, gun, large Asian, you know, forces as well. Or medium Asian forces. Mm-hmm. Or large countries, period. Or, or even, medium countries, or period. Even just, or even just people who were trying to emigrate. Uh, to different lands because there was no food for them there. So the countries that they were coming into called them warring the sea peoples, which I found out about during the Bronze Age collapse. Oh, yeah. The sea peoples, which were essentially just people trying to get food because there was a famine. Is that what they figured? Mm-hmm. Because, like, the... the, the, in, the... In, in, in a lot of Europe... Yeah, this would be like the Mediterranean yep. countries. In a lot of Europe, they, they were... had the invading sea peoples. They were, invi- they were invading... And, uh, and, this... and they stopped in, in Egypt because Egypt had arms and ways of stopping them. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, like the other... The uh, Hittite, Northern... Hittites, the uh, Crete... Uh, Crete? Not Crete. Well, there's the island of Crete. Yeah, there. Crete. Yeah. I, I didn't know that they were... That's the big. That's the biggest. Uh, this has the current uh, theory. Yeah. So. Um, a history theory. So so yeah, all this crap is happening in Ukraine right now, all because the United States uh, wanted to take Ukraine out of the Russian sphere of influence and put it into NATO. That is the reason for all of this, because we don't like Russia. We did the things to Iran because we don't like Iran. Like right now, we have this really <clears throat> like the other uh, oh, what's it called the JCPOA, I think, which we stepped out of with Trump. And there are too many Republicans and Democrats who would be like, "We're not dealing with Iran because we think because we don't like Iran." So, or China, where we were trying, we we do so much crap against China. So there are all these different places that we are doing so many bad things to and causing grief and hardship in, in Yemen. Uh, Saudi Arabia is basically committing genocide in Yemen. And not only is the United States not doing anything to stop the Saudis, uh, we are actively helping the Saudis kill yep. Yemeni's children and have them starve to death. Yep. Go U.S. Yeah, it's it's super bad. I just when I saw the news about uh, Ukraine being, you know, possible impetus of war, mm-hmm. I was just like, wait a second. I thought we were done with that, but then uh, then I had a good think, a good ponder, mm-hmm. um, and went, oh yeah, because uh, everything yeah. is going to be war. It's just 
and and I'm gonna I, I've the entire time here I've been sounding very anti-U.S. and very pro-Russian. If I were in Russia, I would probably be taking a much more anti-Russia thing, because Russia would be my government then. Yeah. The United States is my government. They are the people who theoretically represent me. They are definitely the people who take my money. And they do all these bad things with it. So I'm going to speak out against the United States more than I will speak out against uh, Iran, against Russia. Like, Iran does some really screwed up stuff. Russia does some really screwed up stuff. I can't think of a nation that hasn't at least historically done something really screwed up. Yeah, and some are more screwed up than others. Like, if you go to, like, Iceland has a pretty nice, peaceful government. It's illegal to name your child something weird, but other than that, <laughs> like that, when, illegal, if, that, if that's your screwed up, it's like, what's screwed up about Iceland? Well, you can't name your kid something funny. Yeah, but you can't do that in a lot of countries. You have to name them a traditional Icelandic name in Iceland. True, but you can't name people even weird names in Australia and New Zealand either. Well, Australia... How dare. Yeah, is, is not exactly a free and open country no. at the moment. True. Sorry, Australia. They can't hear this anyway. The internet's probably been cut off. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so yeah, like Russia has been like R- Russia's hands are not clean uh, no. whenever it comes to Ukraine. Russia has always oh, done of a lot of dirty stuff with Ukraine. They've had fights with Ukraine. Ukraine. Uh, what was the former president's name? What was it? Uh, Yanukovych. Uh, there is a reason that he was ousted, and that's because a lot of people don't like him for various legitimate reasons. I'm not saying these people were perfect. I'm not saying these people were good. I'm not saying that a lot of people that the United States gets rid of in a coup are good people. A lot of them are very bad people. But a lot of the times what happens is that we get rid of the bad person And then in a someone coup, worse comes and in. And then someone worse comes along. Maybe not immediately, but eventually someone worse will come along. Uh, in Iran, that's like the Ayatollah. That came about because we reinstalled the Shah. Mm-hmm. And then the Iranians didn't like that, and they revolted. And next thing you know, cool, now they're a, a Islamic state with very strict laws governing, with, with mixing religion and the state into one. Mm-hmm. The, the things that, like, Yanukovych, you could probably find plenty of bad things that we should kick him out for, but we've kicked him out and replaced him with, at least in some part, Nazis. Great. Probably not a step up. Just going to put that out there. Yeah, I didn't, I mean, I guess I don't really follow a lot of politics. Uh, I, I, there's enough in the United States to worry about, really. Yeah. So, I just... Oh, didn't know. If we kicked out Assad, who would replace him? Well, a lot of the people we've been funding are basically Al Qaeda, so that would be great. Uh, Saddam Hussein, not a nice guy. Mm-mm. You know what Saddam Hussein was? He was a secularist who helped protect the minority Christian and minority Jews in Iraq. Do you know how many uh, Jews are in Iraq right now? None. Zero. Because mm-hmm. they're, they're either dead or they left. Yeah, there there used to be three. Really? Yeah, they were the. That's crazy. And this is from uh, like a hundred years ago, a thriving community of, of 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 uh, Arabian Jews, mm-hmm. anti-Zionist Jews during the uh, like the the interwar period. They're... They'd be like, yeah, these these mm-hmm. Jews from around the world shouldn't be going to Israel and taking it over, Palestine and taking it over, because that's other people's land. Mm-hmm. So these were Arabian. Uh, Arab Jews who lived in Iraq, who lived in Baghdad, mm-hmm. had a thriving community. Now they're all gone. Mm-hmm. Why do we gotta keep 
killing people. I hate it so much. War. I don't like what it. What is it good for? No, absolutely nothing. I hate it. Man, do we have something happy to end on? Because this makes me sad. Um, well, we could look to see if we got any lib-to-libs. I doubt it. Alright, so I do have a lib-to-lib from our friend Puka. Okay, what exactly is a lib-to-lib? Just uh, for people oh, yeah. who are new? Lib-to-lib is a hopefully quickish uh, thing uh, that you you out there ask us to comment on. Um, and, and we'll comment at usually the end of the episodes if we don't decide to make a whole episode out of it. It's a really interesting question. So today's question is... Brought to you by our mutual friend, Puka. I love Puka. Uh, Puka asks, what impact do you think One American News going under will have on the next election? Uh, I don't know what One American News is. All right. <laughs> so, no, but... So, so, so One American News is, is basically a, uh, think Fox News, only even more partisan and I don't... Who was on it? Who was on One American like, News? The thing is, like, are only very, very right... Very, very, very right-wing people gonna know it? Because, like, the like most people who are right-leaning, they only really know the normal mainstream They're definitely stuff. not in the... I, I, they, they used to... Actually, I want to say they used to be on blog TV. Oh, so did we. Yeah. <laughs> Then they moved on to different things. I don't think was they like, actually have, like, they're, they're, they don't have their own cable channel, I don't think. If they do, it's, it's like, one buried in the back. Okay. Like, somewhere past I, I don't Al think Jazeera. it'll happen. Here's the thing. Um, now knowing what it is, this is my opinion. Mm-hmm. N- none. No, I, I don't think so either. Um, all, all the people who would have paid attention to One American News are going to vote for... Is it a QAnon uh, kind of... Does it spell QAnon stuff? I have stuff? no idea. I oh. don't watch it. Okay. Well, like... <laughs> I mean, it might. Okay. It might be vaguely QAnon. But here, here's what I know. I know that anybody who would be watching One American News is for, for real is, 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 is not going to vote for the Democrat in the upcoming election. Well, that's the thing. Not only that... Honestly, there's so many niche out uh, like areas in the internet that um, really just one of them closing down that honestly most folks haven't heard about mm-hmm. unless you're seeking it. There are so many things you can get your partisan stuff for free, which is one of the reasons yeah. why um, a lot of people cite Fox News. It's free. It's always free. And it's right leaning. Um, it's always free. You can't yeah. go to you know even it's, the L.A. Times. You can't go to them for free. You can only go to you can go to Breitbart. That's free. The Drudge Report. Hey, that's free. Well, our Drudge Report does is link to other news articles. Yes, yeah. um, but it's always going to be right leaning news articles. Yeah, yeah. You can go to like a although lot they of these... did break the uh, the Clinton scandal. Which one? <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but uh, yeah, honestly. There, yeah, and, and right or left, like if, so. So a good question would be, what would happen to the next election if Fox News went down? That would that, that, be that would big. have some possibly have some Do kind you know, of big thing. There might also be, I would say, if like to me, and maybe I'm wrong at the scale of one American, one America, or one 
One America. One America. Oh, wait. Yeah. Got it. That would be to me like, and maybe the scale is different. Maybe they were bigger than this, but that'd be like if some of the Twitch streamers like Vouch went down. Like I was Vouch thinking the Young gonna... Turks. I don't even. Well, no. But is is it as big as the Young Turks? One America. OAN. Yeah. I think they might have been bigger. They okay. Might have been small. I don't. Do, do the Young Turks have a Roku channel? Yes. I think One America News has a Roku channel. I would put them at about on par. Okay. So then, I mean, then, one then, might be bigger, but then, they're about okay. on par. I at least know what the... Well, I used to watch the Young Turks all the time until... That the guy got so awful. I just couldn't. He didn't get awful. He, he was awful. realized how awful yeah. he was. Because um, I, I watched their YouTube channel and I'm just like, I cannot with you. Um, didn't one of the ladies quit and go to like RT? Um, yeah, and then I think they then later quit because they realized how bad RT, RT was. Yeah, yeah if, um, like if you're working for one propaganda network, you probably don't want to jump ship and go to another mm-hmm. propaganda network. That was actually run by a government. Yeah. But um, especially when the Young Turks at least tried, tried. I don't know how they are now because I refuse to watch them. But I haven't seen them in like a decade. Yeah. Um. Well, I've seen them more recently than that, but I haven't seen them since they basically got a Roku television channel. Yeah. And like, at least they're their own thing. They're not run they're, by they're, a government They're ideological agency. propaganda as opposed to national propaganda. Yeah, which is probably why that one person quit. Anyways. Yeah. Um. I, I would probably equate it as to the Young Turks going under. And you may be the biggest Young Turks fan. Which, if you are, if you I are, apologize like, sorry, for sorry your for, loss. For, so, sorry for your loss. Well, sorry if we're, you know, making fun of something you really, really like. I'm not sorry. I am. I don't want people to feel bad about the things they like. Um, <laughs> unless it's murdering kittens or something. Um, but if, if the Young Turks went under, uh, really wouldn't do a heck of a lot to the voting public either. No. Um... Yeah, no, nothing. OAN, sorry. You're you're basic. You're not important. You're no. just not important. They're, I, I agree. They're, if they went under, there are 10 other people, 10 other organizations that can fill that void for the yeah. people who'd watch OAN. If, if the Young Turks went under, there are 10 other people or organizations. Yeah. Uh, you said Vosh earlier. You yeah, or Hassan, Hassan Nabi, I think his name is. He's another Twitch leftist Twitch streamer. Usually gets involved in drama, but that's that gets people to click on your stuff. Yeah. That's, um, again, we started this entire conversation because Philip DeFranco, mm-hmm. who I enjoy watching because he has like condenses stuff. Pretty he does. Nicely. I mean, but sometimes you're like looking at it like, do I? How, how long of this 15 minute video is going to be about YouTube drama? About I can't. It gets clicks. Yeah. And, and that's why he does it, and that's fair enough. And that's how you sell ads, you know? I get it. Um, uh, the most recent one was about Pokemane. Yeah. And, and why is... Why are... Cool. It's just, like, really weird to have who's somebody who's basically... Like, Philip DeFranco... Say what it's you will. Probably He's got... on about the same level as One American News. <laughs> right, but uh, sure. But, but he he's like got the... much better merch. Yeah, oh, <laughs> sure. Yeah. 
Um, but he, like, and I don't, I don't know how One American News is, but I know whenever Philip DeFranco is talking about something, you know, that uh, his bias. Whenever He has biases, and he will admit the bias. He, I'm he biased here, guys. But he doesn't. Yeah. And, and, and there are a lot of people who probably don't like him, and fair enough. Yeah. There are a lot of criti- criticisms you can have against um, him and his uh, group. Fine. Um, but that's where I found, that's where I yeah. heard the story. Uh, that's why we're talking about Ukraine. Um, and I honestly, like as much as I enjoy watching his breakdowns of the news, if he went under, there would be another place I'd get it. Yeah. Um, I think that's kind of how we are right now when it comes to news, because you and I don't, we, we. We don't, we, we don't do, have cable, so we don't have CNN, can, MSNBC, Fox And we can news. get those clips online, um, annoyingly, with so many more ads than even on YouTube, which is saying something. Um, but, you know, there, yeah. are other, there are almost always other places to get things. Now, if NBC, ABC, CBS, Fox, Fox went under, yeah. that would be big. Even, even MSNBC, if MSNBC went under... That would be big. Nobody else would be around to talk about uh, why the Democrats should hate Russian. Russian the language? Russia. You said Russian. Oh, Russians, Russia? Okay. Yeah. Fair. Well, other than the Fox News. No, Fox News likes Russia now. Oh, do they? China. Why? Because for the same reason that MSNBC hated Russia. Mm. Because Russia, quote unquote, interfered in the elections of 2016. Oh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> this has been lived. This has been lived to live. No, lip to lip. Thank um, you, Puka, for the question that. Yeah, uh, yeah we, we spent five minutes on. If one American news went under, nothing would happen. It already went under. Nothing will happen. No, there's still there's still Breitbart. There's still there's still one billion other yeah. right leaning from fascist to libertarian. That all these old people who are watching One American News can go to. Did they actually, did old people watch it? I'm sure old people who figured out how to use their computer watched it. Ah, okay. So, 10% of old people. (laughs) We both work in retail and the electronics department, so we know, we know that about 10% of old people are good with computers. And those are usually the 10% who will come, and they'll tell you something interesting about computers, too. Sometimes against your will. <laughs> That's for sure. Anyways, thank you so much for listening, everybody. This has been Friendly Dissidence. I am Abby Normal. Abby Normal zero. zero N-E. I couldn't remember it was underscore zero. <laughs> wow, what's wrong with me? Zero N-E on Twitter. I'm CJ. You can find me at uh, Friendly Dissonance on Twitter because I don't have my personal Twitter anymore. Uh, it's Friendly Dissonance. I have to look up how to spell it. At uh, at friendly d i s s n c e friendly dissonance d i s s n c e d i s s n c e that's why I should remember it. Yep. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Till next time, guys. And uh, yeah, if you have any lip to lip questions you want to ask us, you can tweet them at either of us at any time, and we will remember them. Totally. Probably. Mm-hmm. I'll write them down or something. Love you. Bye. <laughs>